Muzamil, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast today at the Siemens conference in uh, Riyadh. Uh, I had so many questions when I came uh, to Riyadh about how the country is, so how developed is. Is it like Dubai? Is it uh, is it is it far beyond? Um, and I guess it's part of your job to handle all those questions every day. Can you give us, give us an overview about uh, Sierra, the company, uh, and uh, the business you're running? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, my name is Bazam Ali Hussain. I'm the Executive Vice President of Travel at Sierra Group. Uh, Sierra Group is the largest publicly listed travel company in the kingdom. Uh, we have been over 40 years uh, in travel, uh, and we are uh, a diversified portfolio of businesses, uh, uh, one of which I lead, which is Al Musafir. Al Musafir is the travel platform of Sierra, which I'll talk about shortly. We also have Lumi, which is a, a car rental business. Lumi. Lumi. Uh, which is a, 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 a rebranded fresh start in car rental, transforming car rental in Saudi Arabia. We have uh, a number of hotel investments uh, and hotel properties that we own and operate, uh, including uh, we are the master franchise for Choice, which is one of the largest hotel brands in the world uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, we also have uh, some five-star properties and four-star properties as well. Uh, and we also have a number of other investments uh, uh, in travel in the UK and in various startups. We were one of the largest investors in Kareem at its founding, uh, had been with Kareem, and we were the largest uh, investor in Kareem at the exit with to Uber. So we continue to, to drive. Uh, Kareem was the Uber competitor here? Correct, and Uber, Uber acquired it for $3.1 billion. And when I'm now booking on my Uber app, a uh, taxi here, an Uber here in uh, Riyadh, usually it was, would have been uh, registered with Kareem before? Uh, no, they have two, they both, they still operate. Kareem still two. operates uh, just as two companies. Okay. Um, and can you share some numbers about uh, the Sarah Group? Because yeah, so it's publicly the ones that are publicly available. Sure, sure. Uh, we did, uh, in 2019, we did around uh, uh, 10.8 billion real, which is around 2.8 billion US dollars in sales across all our businesses. Uh, we started uh, our transformation program in 2015. Uh, previously, we're, we were known as Altair Group. And during our focusing a legacy of traditional travel. So we were very, very manual, very, very old school travel company. Uh, but we had very uh, lucrative uh, and strongly profitable contracts with the government. Uh, but as the government transformed and started to look at other opportunities, uh, and we also saw the change in travel, we started quickly investing into digital e-commerce and omnichannel. Uh, and that's when we pivoted to, to uh, from traditional travel to, to modern travel, electronic travel. But I understand you're like a vertical travel brand, so you own some hotels, not all of them, but you right. obviously you're, you're, you're just like um, handling the bookings for us. So you own some hotels, you own like the travel platforms. I think you own some travel offices where people just go or travel agencies where people go and book their, uh, book their travel. And uh, most of the assets you own or you control are located in Saudi Arabia. That's correct. Uh, when I come to the travel platform, uh, uh, as I was saying, is we've transformed from a very traditional travel agency with very, very paper-based manual processes for booking into a fully digital and omnichannel travel agency. We are the largest travel and tourism brand in the kingdom under Al Musafir. Uh, it has over a 70% market share. Uh, we have over 1 million registered customers, 6 million app downloads. And we started that transformation in 2015. So when we started our e-commerce business or B2C business, We did about 50 million reals or $10 million on our first year. Uh, in 2019, right before COVID, we crossed $1 billion in sales. And this year, we're actually exceeding pre-COVID levels only in our consumer business. Uh, but we have a number of other travel businesses under the travel umbrella. So there's B2C, which is under uh, direct-to-consumer in Saudi, Kuwait, and UAE. 
We have uh, B2B travel. So we digitize the corporate and government travel experience. In Saudi Arabia, it's still very much a paper and manual-based process. Uh, we, the B2B travel? B2B travel, it? yes, it still is. A lot of paper approvals, manual orders from the government, etc., which we've now digitized, working closely with the government and the ecosystem partners. But how is the government involved, like in business travel? Uh, like, let's say I'm running, a, I don't know. Ronnie was just here with Golden Sand. Let's say there's like a, a colleague wants to travel to uh, Jeba uh, or like yeah, whatever yeah, so, city. So, so. Um, we, we focus on large corporates and governments. The government is the largest employer se employment sector, em largest employer in the kingdom is the government. So the government still has their way of working. So most of our key clients are government travel. Uh, also, for example, we work with the Ministry of Health. Ministry of Health is the one that provides all uh, health for the citizens of Saudi Arabia that are from a public perspective. They fly their patients around all over the kingdom. We support that. We provide that travel service to them. But we've digitized that process. It used to be very paper-based. Once the doctor approves, you have to sign a paper, then go to a travel desk to book it. We fully digitized that where we... Once the doctor approves in the system, the patient gets an SMS to book on our travel platform. So a huge chunk of your revenue is uh, government. Uh, uh, for, our, for our government business, is gov uh, corp business travel is government. For our consumer travel, it's uh, B2C directly. For, for the ones in the podcast listening from, uh, especially like from Europe or the US, how would you describe like the, um, the private travel market here in Saudi Arabia? Because I, I understood yesterday, or learned yesterday that before 2019, there haven't even been like tourist visas. So there Correct. must be a very different kind of yeah. culture and how the resorts are developed. Sure. So, but sure, can sure, you definitely. give an overview? Yeah. So and the last piece of our business is we call, in the travel platform is inbound tourism. We have two inbound tourism businesses. Ah, okay. Though, though you differentiate between like the uh, domestic travel and inbound. Yeah. So we have okay. so uh, we have consumer travel, which is targeting Saudis traveling domestically, or when they go to London or Paris or Dubai, we are support we are servicing them. We have the corporate and government travel, whether they travel internationally or domestically, yeah. and then we have inbound tourism. Inbound tourism has two segments: the one you just mentioned, which is leisure inbound, whether it's uh, someone from uh, from Europe wanting to visit Saudi and see the new sites someone uh, stopping in Saudi for a business trip, that's inbound tourism, but also there's religious tourism. You know, Saudi is a, a holy site for Muslims around the world, and they have Mecca and Medina. Uh, so we also support build, bringing pilgrims into the kingdom. How many, how many so can, can you share some numbers? So how sure. many leisure tourists yeah, and how so many the, like, uh, religious the, ones? As part of the Vision 2030, uh, which was announced in 20, uh, 2019, when they opened up the kingdom to trap to to real tourism, we'd say the first time it really opened up, we saw it behind religious. The goal is by 2030 to have 100 million visitors, uh, 100 million visits, apologies, uh, and the tourism ecosystem to contribute 10% of GDP. Uh, our goal as a travel platform, our vision is to be a national champion for tourism. Uh, our travel platform, Amusafar, has just recently signed a non-binding uh, term sheet. We're in the process of finalizing that with the PIF, where they will take a stake in Amusafar to support growing this business. And, but where is it today, like in 2022 or 2023? So how many tourists are coming here? Uh, just, just, just to really understand, because that, many people, in, uh, many people yeah. know like Mallorca, for example, as like the main, main like travel island uh, for like a lot of people in the UK and Germany. I think they have 8 million tourists a year, just so, to get like the number. Yeah, so I think the 100 million visit includes domestic tourism. So currently domestic, religious and leisure That's travel. also true for Mallorca, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Also so I think, the, I think they're around 60, 60 to 65 million this year. Oh, Which is still already. not, uh, but it's mostly for domestic and religious. And now we want to shift that also to inbound. You see, you see new destinations open up in Saudi Arabia and new that are coming. I don't know if you've heard, maybe your viewers heard about Ula, which is a, 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 it's very similar to Petra in Jordan. 
and it has a it's a historical uh, community of prehistoric era from you know I think uh, 2000 BC 1000 BC with with great monuments and tombs and historical sites uh, and it, we're building a, a Saudi is building a huge cultural center there's high-end luxury hotels experience nature experience culture farms uh, there's the Red Sea Resort which is opening this year so Saudi Arabia is building out uh, a number of tourist sites to explore the destination. It's a lot of people uh, often think of this region as a Dubai uh, destination. You know, Dubai is very well known, but Dubai is one city. Uh, Saudi Arabia is a huge country, a lot of different places, sites, natural and history that it's building and developing. Uh, what it's been doing over the past year and even during COVID was actually continues to invest and develop these sites. So our job, uh, we have a brand called Discover Saudi. We work very closely with international agents around the world to promote and start showcasing what Saudi Arabia can do. Uh, it's, an, it's an early on in the journey, uh, but as the visa opens up, as Saudi becomes more ready for tourism, building the infrastructure and the human capital required, uh, we're very excited about that opportunity. And I, and I saw uh, Saudi started a campaign with Messi. Yeah, uh, yeah correct. Uh, yeah, so I it's about, about building the brand and understanding people come. It's, it, there is some perception, but actually if you see, and maybe you've noticed, it's a lot of things to do, great restaurants, great things to do here. It's just uh, part of that. And they're building the infrastructure to support tourism. Uh, when it comes to religious side, religious side is the goal is to have 30 million visits by 2030. Uh, and uh, we're around 8 million. Uh, eight to ten million, uh, you know, around in, re in recent years. So that is a huge growth as well. So, so you're looking at tourist, uh, touristic, um, uh, religious uh, um, tourism, also like as an income source because the more come, it's the, it's the largest source of one of the largest sources of tourism income today. It continues to be. Uh, there are over one billion Muslims in the world, and they all, uh, you know, obligated to come to visit uh, the holy sites at one point in their life. So, huge opportunity. Uh, what Saudi has done is to continue to develop the infrastructure to scale that. There's a limited capacity before, so they're expanding the mosque, expanding the sites. And not only that, when people will come to Saudi in the future, they'll see that there are other things to do. So they'll explore maybe the Red Sea and the coast and see other parts of Saudi Arabia, which never was really open before. So that's really our focus as Al Musafir and part of the Sea Group is to promote travel, uh, connect people. Uh, and connecting cultures, both uh, inbound into Saudi, but also Saudis visiting the world. Okay, got it. But but do you have then? Uh, you, you said you have some uh, some properties in uh, in UK from a, from a hotel real estate. No, we have uh, we have some uh, uh, travel agencies in the UK. Ah, travel agencies. Okay, got it. But do you see it then also like your job to bring uh, Saudi people outside of Saudi Correct. Arabia? Correct. So that's our consumer travel brand. Uh, our consumer travel brand is the largest uh, travel booking platform in the kingdom. We are a fully omnichannel brand. We have services for our travelers on app, website. Uh, we have digitally enhanced uh, physical stores. And we use WhatsApp and call center to promote to have Saudi. So we partner with, uh, with the, all of the major tourism destinations, Dubai, London, Maldives. But, 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 how, but how, um, how common is it like for a normal Saudi to travel? Um, Very to common. Tra to travel Extremely like common. international sites? Extremely common. They, on, an average, uh, on an average year, uh, Saudi travels four times a year. Of which two to three of them are international. And what are the what are the main destinations? Main Saudis? destinations are. Uh, I haven't seen them in Mallorca. <laughs> Mallorca, maybe not. Uh, their main destinations are um, Dubai, Cairo, Turkey. Now with the recent reopening, uh, London and Paris. Why, why do they go to why do they go to this destination? Because obviously, if you look like uh, UK and like German travel, they travel like to uh, to the Mediterranean Sea, especially to get sun. Obviously, sun is not a Saudis, scarce resource uh, here. Saudis, I think, 
the Saudi traveler uh, loves to travel in general, experience new places, destinations, cultures. Uh, uh, Europe is a common destination in the cold in the summer for, because it's much cooler weather than here in the summer. Yes. Uh, so London or Paris, for example, are extremely common destinations for the summer, summer season, for the summer. Uh, but they're also common year round. Places like Dubai are very common uh, for short weekend trips from here. Places like uh, Egypt as well for short, short re regional trips. Maldives is a very common honeymoon destination for, for Saudis. Uh, Thailand, uh, Thailand and Saudi have been closed for 30 years. Saudis were not allowed to travel to Thailand. But recently they've reopened uh, diplomatic relations and Saudis can travel to Thailand. Ah. So well, now- Why was it closed? Due to some political uh, uh, situation happened uh, previously. Uh, so that opened. And now um, Saudis love, are visiting Thailand. They're exploring. They've never been able to see Thailand. Now they can go and enjoy. So they're exploring islands, exploring things to do. So the Saudi traveler is a very um, adventurous traveler. But at the same time, they like to also go back to their usual places. So they're, they're, they know that they often, oftentimes you'll see families go to London for a couple of weeks in the summer. Or they'll go to London and they'll go to Switzerland. Switzerland is a very common destination for Saudis. Uh, so they really like to explore. How many people live in Saudi? It's like 35? 35 million, of which around 20, 20 million are, are Saudis. And then there are a lot of ex 60 expats as well. around. So many expats? Yes, significant number of expats. Oh, crazy. Crazy. And I've learned that uh, Riyadh wants to grow like from 8 to 9 million to like, I don't know, 15 million. It would million, be a huge... Uh, so there's a lot of major developments happening around the kingdom. Outside Riyadh, around 45 minutes, there's Kidiya, which would be an amazing sports and entertainment city. A huge complex, over 20 different zones of different sites and, and things to do. There's a number of entertainment events. You, you're here now in Saudi during the Riyadh season. Riyadh season is a six-month-long festival of events, shows, entertainment, concerts, um, things to do. There's, there's just great excitement and, and, and things to do now in the city. Okay. And you said uh, you've, you've, you've worked on like um, moving the business from a very paper-based uh, uh, um, setup into like a digital setup. How did it work out? So I still can, I cannot even imagine uh, to run like a big hotel or travel like uh, with, uh, on a paper-based platform. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, platform. Uh, um, so for our, our, our core business is the travel agency business, we say. So uh, the travel agency business has uh, uh, done... Uh, done a lot where it was very much someone would, let's say late 2008, 2009, or late 2010, it was still very traditional. You'd walk into a branch, you'd ask someone, I want to go to here. Someone would not, not, not very friendly, not just, oh, okay, this is the price, here you go. I'll print out a voucher, give you a ticket. Very much a very traditional way of working. We as uh, the Sierra Group or Altair at the time, we started Uh, a believing in the digital transformation of, of, of the country and also of the ecosystem and wanted to shift from this very traditional way to so we actually invested in uh, travel startups and built them and then fully acquired them later uh, and what we did is we fully digitized the entire travel experience so we built what we call i mean if for for those in europe maybe they know booking.com of course we are the booking.com of saudi arabia we have the large we have over 1 million hotels we have over 450 airlines on our platform But we spent a lot of time focusing on the needs of the customer. We continuously do A-B testing, customer research. Uh, and so what happened was very interesting. 2018, 2017, 18, we spent a significant amount of money in deploying technology and building out our brand and customer awareness. 
uh, and we reached great about one billion dollars uh, in sales. And then, and that was pretty much digital. But we did some market research, and we find that this, uh, the, there's interesting dynamics in the Saudi market that different from Europe or the West. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, so I, 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 um, it was very different the dynamics here of the consumer. And the customer here always said, "Well, we think we need some kind of offline experience still." because we have a lot of questions and sometimes we go to big family, we want two rooms connected, we want to know what are the things to do before we go to a destination. We, don't, we want someone to help us, advise us. That's true, that's also like a shortcoming of most of the European travel platforms when you're traveling as a family, like yeah. connecting rooms. And so so, so, what, we, so what we, we, did a, we did a full research and we launched in 2019 our omni-channel strategy uh, because the Saudi market still is 60% offline in travel. 40% online, 60% still offline. Bookings. Bookings. So we said, we launched our omnichannel strategy and we basically created uh, a fully integrated uh, travel platform where you can walk into one of our uh, retail locations, which are in main cities or main airports, get full support from a travel advisor who's, who's, who's a Saudi, fully trained and understanding travel needs and destinations and experts in Maldives or, or, or experts in London. And they really understand the, the, the needs of the consumer. At the same time, you can open our app or visit our website and see the same experience, have the same content, but just have more self-service. Uh, you make a booking on, in, online, it, you go to the app the store, you can get some help versus vice versa. You can get some support online. You, you, um, you want to buy your flight online because you very know where you want to go, but you don't know which hotel to stay. You can WhatsApp us and we'll have, we have bots and we have humans behind that WhatsApp that help you pick the hotel. So we create this omnichannel experience where uh, we're able to touch the customer every touch point. So for example, when a Saudi, go, a lot of Saudis, they go to Dubai for the weekend. They don't need any advice. They know which hotels they like. They know which uh, places they want to see. They don't need any help. But maybe they want to explore Thailand, which just opened. They want to talk, where should I go in Thailand? What should I do? Uh, what are the best hotels to stay? They want some advice. So we, we, they can talk to one of our advisors. So we built that experience and that really transformed our, our business. Uh, we, obviously, then COVID happened. We were significantly impacted by COVID, but now we're bounce, bouncing back, and 2022 is actually better than 2019 in terms of sales. Hmm. Okay, and is, this is especially because uh, the uh, the uh, domestic travelers are allowed to travel again. Well, was there some like hotel closures because of COVID? So how was the COVID policy? Yeah, so, so here? if you compare to to let's say Asia or Europe, it was very different. So what happened here was there was a period of around three to four months with very, very strict movements and lockdowns. In the beginning of, the beginning of summer, and May, June. Sorry, by April, May area, March, April, May, when COVID really initially kicked off. Uh, but they, the government quickly took control in terms of vaccines, testing, and tracking. Uh, and they opened for domestic travel even in 2020. So summer 2020 was actually a domestic travel summer season. People explored Saudi Arabia, They've never ah, seen parts of the country. Because they couldn't leave Correct. because of COVID. Okay. Uh, starting in 2021, there were some ups and downs that opened and closed because every country had different regulations. But actually, uh, fully vaccinated, over you know, 100% of the population has been vaccinated. Great control. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, the borders opened uh, in 2020. Q1 this year was basically fully opened again. And is there any COVID effect still in country? Because like in, if you go if you go like to Germany now, there's still like still a huge COVID discussion. And should you, should I wear masks? What about school? No, is it something here? So over here, uh, that really ended last year. Yeah. Towards the end of last year, kind because of. Because in the airplane there was no masks here in the airport. It's, like, it's yeah, fully optional now. Uh, that's because essentially everyone here is vaccinated. 
there's no uh, it's fully vaccination, uh, pretty much fully vaccinated. They, they support it a lot with testing and, and serving their, their citizens, residents. So uh, it was fairly well controlled in that sense. Uh, and that allowed the industry to, to rebound fast. Uh, we had our best summer ever uh, as a business uh, for domestic and international travel. And when you're now investing into like the digital experience um, a lot, and if, if I compare it to um, other more developed develop markets, you see that those digital platforms like Get Your Guide are getting a you know, higher valuation than uh, former travel agencies like Tui, which is Correct. like a huge uh, travel agency. So how do you look at the, those markets? Because you're making obviously uh, some money and you can decide now, okay, do you want to be involved in, uh, in getting ownership in a new resort? At uh, one of the upcoming no, so sites, have, or do you want to uh, So we have uh, our investment strategies are, are different by each business. In our uh, property business, we invest on specific sites and resorts, and we have a mandate of uh, types of sites. So uh, we have a very clear investment plan. In our car rental business, we focus on uh, fleet size and fleet utilization. In our travel business, it's all about developing uh, distribution platform and availability of content for our customers. So one of the things that we noticed during COVID was in Saudi Arabia, it's very common to have uh, summer houses or guest houses, not for a long stay or even for a night, but just for the day. You go and, uh, you go and rent a house or a farm or a camp, and you go with your friends and family and you enjoy barbecue, have some pools, have some kids games, etc. cetera. Uh, and we built a product around that. Uh, uh, so it's very common, and we built a product for people to go and take guest houses or summer houses. Uh, we're launching now activities marketplaces. So we're creating content using technology for people to have things to do. How does it work in a summer house? So let's say you can afford a summer house. As so you a don't own it, you just buy it for one day, rent it for a day. It's like Airbnb style, but you don't, uh, it's not. But you say, okay, let's go. I, I will, instead of like, going to a park, which is obviously yeah. because of the weather, it's not such a yeah. common thing here, but you say, uh, I want to rent this house for, I don't know, $200 a day. And there's like a pool and a barbecue pool, site barbecue. because I don't have it in my apartment in Riyadh. And then yeah. I drive like two, three hours. No, no, even, even in the city. Even in the same city, just a little area where you can, uh, you might want some privacy for your family, where you can you know, enjoy the pools, things like that, in a private area. And it's very common here. A lot of times, for example, yeah. So a lot of times, for example, a lot of friends, guys or uh, friends or women, uh, you know, couples or whatever, uh, they will say, let's go watch a football match. There's nowhere to watch it. Enough places, to, it's not like a, a culture to go watch in a restaurant as much. It, now it is, but it wasn't before. People will just book a house with a big TV and they'll enjoy, have fun and, and, and enjoy. Because they, their own house is not big enough or they don't uh, have the facilities? Par partially of, uh, some of it's cultural. You don't want to necessarily mix your uh, fat friends with your family. You know, uh, no? a lot of separation between some, some, some people, the guys want to hang out together versus the girls want to hang out together. So it's, it's some of that, uh, some of it's just tradition. People like, uh, they, uh, a, lot of, a lot of my friends here have another place where they just hang out every day before they go back to home. This is a very cultural thing. But rather than having to, people used to book it on WhatsApp. They used to call some guy who owned a property. We created a marketplace for it. So we have now over 1,500 properties where people can just book. So, so it's kind of an Airbnb for this kind of business. Correct. But you don't own the houses. No, you no, just no, no. build the marketplace. We, uh, the owner's individual, they list their property on our site. Interesting. What do they charge for like a good house? Uh, depending, anywhere from, uh, you know, $100 a day to $1,000, depending on what when you want. If you have a big villa with a mansion and a pool and a... And people don't even sleep there. They can. Usually, it's a, you, the, common, the most common is you check in around 4 p.m. and you leave by 4 a.m. Interesting. 
is there something places for birthday parties for, for for pool parties I've never i've never heard of that interesting is there something that happens in other places in the uh, it's common in the region but specifically in saudi crazy okay so you're you're rather you're rather inclined to invest in more digital experiences Correct. than like buying that no so, yeah so as a travel business as our travel business our our and our mother company has a number of investment businesses and uh, different decisions and theses but from the travel business core it's all about digital experiences and how successful are like the different hotel groups because if you're like uh, driving through Riyadh, obviously you see like all the brands like uh, le meridian uh, marriott yeah. whatever so do they have like the same expansion plan and strategy so uh, saudi arabia and the region in general has one of the most uh, opening of rooms coming in the next 10 years uh accor accor marriott are all investing here uh all right all type of properties uh, the the growth the growth in the market just continues to allow for for further investment and building infrastructure if you go to riyadh today now it's full very difficult to find a hotel it is it's full very high prices but it's full occupancy later high prices i saw and uh full occupancy even for average uh, yeah hotel. even for full and, and very full occupancy okay and this there's a lot of demand domestically business uh, consumers and most likely there won't be like too much relief because uh, if real it's going to grow like from 8 million to 15 million then uh, so that's why they need to continue to add capacity yeah interesting cool nice and uh, um, obviously so this kind of uh, Airbnb for private homes for daytime I, I need to digest this uh, idea I, I wonder if this could work like also in uh, in Europe maybe I have to think about it later. Uh, um, is there like other like digital investments you're doing in this? Uh, yeah, I mean, event? we continue to invest in our product, in our technology. Uh, we have a technology team of over 200 people. Uh, that's every day. For Sarah or for Amosafer? For Amosafer only. For the, primarily the B2C business. Uh, because we want to continue to innovate. Uh, we see ourselves as a leader in technology in the region. We, we're also investing in... Uh, um, other products, not only the, the this product that I told you about, but new other products for booking events, booking tickets, uh, to continue that digital journey and being uh, within the travel ecosystem. And most importantly, just continue to provide uh, and improve the travel booking experience uh, from pre-trip all the way through post-trip. Cool. Very nice. And where do you find the talent? Because when I talked with uh, Ronnie today, uh, from Golden Sand, um, he said when he started here in 2014, it was very hard to find like tech talent. So they had to start, they had to start a hub like in Jordan and one hub like in Dubai just to get the talent. Do you? And, and you said you. Uh, we have like, a, so we have a, we have a, a, a similar story, but we we continue to invest also in Saudi. We have we have a tech hub in in Dubai, Saudi, and Jordan. So we have three uh, we have three uh, three areas that we, we do our tech. Uh, we all of our teams basically work uh, across uh, different. We also have a, a tech hub in Spain as well. Yeah. And if there's like only 35 million li living here, uh, compared like to the growth uh, you want to achieve, then there's no alternative to building tech hubs in the region, right? Uh, I mean, you have to continue to, to be to be relevant, be local. Uh, uh, we we work. Uh, we, we've done a number of talent programs, accelerator programs. Uh, graduate programs to, to grow from young talent and, and build that. We're partnered with various uh, government bodies to, to build out and uh, support digital talent. And, uh, yeah, I think you, if I remember correctly, you said that the um, offline share of like booking travel is like still 60% and the online share is like 40, 40%. Do you expect this to change in the next couple of years? Uh, yes, yes. I think online will continue to grow as with any industry. At the same time, uh, uh, offline will not go away. It's, 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 we really, we see the, the value of it for the consumer. 
Uh, it's just about creating a, a, a digitally enabled offline experience between. Uh, how, how many uh, agency outlets or how many stores do we, we have? have? Uh, so we have uh, 20, uh, 32 stores. We have a, a call center and uh, a team, support, uh, both bots and humans supporting WhatsApp. So actually we get 15,000 chats a day on WhatsApp. Okay, that's great. And, and those uh, 32 stores are spread all over the country or are mainly in Riyadh and Jeddah? All over the, uh, the there, are much, there are in every major city. Uh, we're in uh, 16 cities, also in Kuwait. We have one branch in Kuwait as well. Uh, and uh, uh, we see, uh, we don't see a need for further expansion, but we see, we like, we see the, the value of having a presence in each uh, major area. And the people that are now coming to the store, are they usually informed already? And do they know what they want and just want to clarify a couple of questions like we want connected rooms uh, for the kids or how it's, or is, it's or very, it, just, it really varies. Some of them come in and it's like, I have a, so there's a school holiday coming up in three weeks. Can you help me think about what I want to do? I, I have this budget. I have a family, my wife and two kids. This is what the kids like to do. Help me find a location. That's an example. Other example is I want to go to London, but I, I'm not sure. I need to know which is the best area to stay at. Uh, so it's really, really varied on the, on the customer. Uh, we also have a concierge service for, for high net worth individuals that do much, does much more high touch planning. Uh, so we continue to see demand for, for each of these businesses. But I, but I guess not only the hotel businesses are seeing expansion potential, potential here in, uh, in the region, also like the online platforms like, like Booking.com. And you say you're the Booking.com booking of the region. But I guess that Booking.com also added lots of hotels uh, yeah, from the region. But your, your USP or your, uh, your edge is that you have such a good relation with the domestic travelers. So they trust your brand because you have... Uh, it's more catered um, to yeah. the needs of your brand, so you don't need to worry that they will switch to Booking.com. So Booking.com is, 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 is very, very often used in, in this region. It's, a, it's one of the one of the leading. Uh, it was here first mover advantage. It was it came here a long time ago, so everyone knows it. Uh, what we've done is we focus on the needs of the consumer. Booking.com is a global platform, hundreds of billions of dollars in sales. They're not going to only look at Saudi Arabia. We look at Saudi, Saudi drives our needs, the customer needs, the way we display our content, ah, okay. the way we drive our platform. We, we design for the consumer. And you say you bet uh, Booking.com in their own game because you are better in fulfilling the needs of the Saudi consumer sure. than Booking.com. Booking that's, our, that's our vision, that's our goal. We continue to work on that. Obviously, they're a beast. Uh, but we, we continue to... But they're also slow because, because they are so big. Because they have to focus. I mean, it, it, one market versus 100 markets, you're going to have a focus. We are, we are focused. We are uh, fully, fully committed to the market. And this is our core market. 90% of our sales are from Saudi Arabia. But could you imagine doing the same then for one of the neighboring countries like Kuwait so, or So Bahrain? we are the lar largest player in Kuwait. And we are the top three in UAE. We focus on our advantage. Our advantage is actually understanding the Arab consumer. Places like UAE have a lot of expats. Their expats are traditionally affiliated with their home country's travel plan. So if you come from India, you look at a Make My Trip. If you come from Asia, you look at a Sea Trip, for example. If you come from US, you're familiar with Expedia. So even if you're in the UAE, you always go to your, typically your home brand. This is the common, whereas for Saudis, we are the home brand. Okay, got it. And if I, if I think about like the, the growth potential for this kind of business, it was also a question I had with Ronnie because there's like so many macroeconomic uh, uh, tailwinds here that are like driving this kind of business yeah. forward. So ob obviously we all hope there's no, no other COVID of course, coming, of but uh, because Please. there's <laughs> so much like 
uh, income growth, there's no people moving uh, moving yeah. to Saudi, then there must be just like from an or if you if your market share is not changing, if you stay with the same market, then there must be like 20, so 25% uh, or our, our, um This year, 2022, we're on track to close at a travel platform business, not Sira, but Al-Musafir, all the different travel businesses, around 1.5, 1. $1. $1.6 billion in sales, gross booking value. That, oh, growth, uh, 200% because of COVID. So it's a different relative. Uh, but but you say like we had already a good level in 2019 and you're so leading it right now? We're exceeding 2019. We're basically exceeding 2019 by around 20%. But are we talking like 10 to 20% 20. like organic growth potential a year here in this region? Oh uh, yeah. So our goal, both from organic growth by capturing market share and uh, the growth of the market, is this $1.6 billion can be by 2025, 2026, around $4 billion. So we're, we're, to, we're going for significant. It's, it's more than 20%. Yeah, correct. So we, it's we, crazy. Yeah. So we see significant opportunity to grow, both again by using our technology to capture market share and the, as well as the growing market. And this growth you can achieve out of your own cash flow? Correct. It's even crazier. But usually because this kind of growth, if you want to drive it, that uh, needs like ex, uh, external uh, funding. What yeah, we are felt very so, But we, are, we have partnered with the PIF. They are investing uh, to build certain tourism assets with us. But uh, we are, we're very confident about the, the growth that we can deliver. Nice. Okay. Then last question. What do you think is the biggest challenge in, uh, in achieving the goals in 2023? Uh, I mean, I think in, for Saudi Arabia in general, from a tourism perspective, I'll speak, it's around three things. Infrastructure, uh, from a tourism infrastructure to welcome the visits and the goals that they have, significant continued amount of development is required. People need to, to, to have things to do and the infrastructure needs to be ready to support them. And secondly, it's around human capital to continue to develop the human capital around the tourism ecosystem to bring uh, tourism to a standard of international standards, uh, as well as the associated talent to support that ecosystem. But like, uh, just a moment on, infra on the infrastructure, infrastructure question, what is it? Is it, is it like that in some, uh, in some sites you don't have like um, enough like uh, taxis or EVA infrastructure or uh, air, hotels? Air, from everything. So airports, flight capacity, hotel capacity, uh, uh, qualities and standards. So this is all that's underway now, but it needs to continue to move. Uh, we just talked about Riyadh. Riyadh is extremely expensive, extremely full. So how will you bring, we need to continue to, to build out the infrastructure to support better pricing, more availability. These are examples that we need to, we as an as a overall tourism ecosystem, working closely with the government authorities and the, the, the promotion agencies of Saudi Arabia to, to, to build that. Okay, and the, but but I guess like the country understood it, so they're investing. They're investing, uh, heavy, yeah, but it's a, it continues to be. I mean, obviously, such at such scale, it's always a challenge. So they, they know that the goals. Yeah, and it it is a huge country. How is it like two million square kilometers? Uh, I don't know the exact size, but, but it's, it's like it's, it's huge. It's, yeah, it's, and there's all types of uh, cultures, terrain, uh, topography. You have mountains, you have the sea, you have uh, the desert. So it's not just what you think. You maybe externally actually. And you and the country wants to host like this Shi, uh, the Arabian, the Asian Shi um, Olympics. No, yeah. it's not Olympics, but they have Formula of, One coming. Uh, Formula yeah. One is here now, so there's a lot of things happening. Crazy! There, that was a hell of a ride on the travel industry here uh, in Saudi Arabia. Very interesting. Uh, very, very demanding, I think, from a from a, from a business point of view. But happy to hear that's uh, kicking off uh, again. Thanking you for being at Commerce Talks. Thank you. Thank you.